0: Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm your host, Ted Flint. Good to be along with you. We have a lot to cover here in the next 15 minutes or so. I want to talk about Joe Biden, President Biden, I should say. He's ex- he signed some 37 executive orders. One of them allows the United States taxpayer or taxpayers to fund global abortions. Is that a priority for you and your spouse, your children, people you know, people in your church? Do you sit around the the dinner table and say, you know, I I wish Joe Biden would sign an executive order that would make American taxpayers, but force them to fund abortions worldwide? Well, we'll talk about that because three quarters of the American public is against what he's doing. So why is he doing it? Whose agenda is he fulfilling? The American people's or is it Planned Parenthood and the radical left? Well, I think we know the answer to that. Also, Tulsi Gabbard, who I think is probably positioning herself for a run for the White House. I don't know if she's going to run as a Democrat or as an Independent or maybe Donald Trump's running mate on the Patriot Party. I'm not sure. But she's calling out the police state actions by the Democratic Party, her party, and she's urging Americans to stand up against them. She'll probably be cited for trying to start an insurrection by her fellow Democrats also, uh, before signing his thirty-seven executive actions, Joe Biden said, "We need consensus." That's how you get consensus. You rule by executive fiat. Who does that? Communist dictators usually rule by executive fiat. Thirty-seven executive actions in the first two weeks—less than two weeks—he's been in office. So we'll touch on those stories. And also, I want—I got to start with this: the uh, New York Attorney General has revealed that Andrew Cuomo, his administration, has undercounted COVID-19 nursing home deaths by half. So things getting a little tight for Andrew Cuomo, finally. You know, he's been in office how many years? 10 years? 11 years? And the Attorney General, Letitia James, who's no conservative, and I don't know much about her other than she's from New York City and she's uh, come out against the gun lobby, and she's, let's let's face it, she's a left-winger but she's accusing Cuomo and his administration of severely undercounting the number of coronavirus-related deaths at nursing homes. And he's done so by as much as half. New report out this week, and uh, she determined much of the misrepresentation was due to the state counting only deaths that occurred at the actual nursing home facilities, rather than including deaths that occurred at a hospital after a resident was transferred there to receive more medical care. Now, I'm sure you've seen the governor's uh, response to this. He said, well, you know, what's the difference, basically? A death is a death. But this report, again by the AG's office, suggests many nursing home residents died of COVID-19 in hospitals after being transferred from their nursing homes, which is not reflected in the DOH's published total nursing home death data. That's according to the report which also DOH, by the way, is the Department of Health. The report also determined that the number of nursing homes failed to comply with critical infection control policies, such as not isolating residents who had tested positive or preemptively screening employees for infections. So the bottom line in all this is that the change in reporting artificially lowered the true death toll. State Health Commissioner Howard Zucker admitted Thursday night that 3,829 nursing home residents have died of COVID 19 in a hospital since the beginning of the pandemic, bringing the total nursing home death toll from 8,914 to 12,743. That's a jump of 43%. The governor's response look, whether a person died in a hospital or died in a nursing home, people died. Well, no kidding. Then he went on to say his father was in a hospital, got transferred to a nursing home. My father died. My father was in a nursing home. Got transferred to a hospital. My father died. People died. No kidding. It's tough to pin these people down. He will not accept any responsibility for anything that he possibly may have done wrong. And I think he made mistakes here. Everybody makes mistakes. But just admit to them. Be man enough to say, look, I made a mistake here. But he's not man enough to do that. Before we go any further, theres if you're thinking of starting a podcast, this is a perfect time because tens of thousands of people are now doing podcasts. No better time than now. There's a lot to talk about. We are never at a shortage for things to talk about. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a time now, but you're not sure how to get started. Here's how you get started. Go to Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and a lot more. So, why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout? get your message out to the world. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they're gonna give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, just follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, Ted Flint, patriotic American citizen, or Pac-Man for short, sent you Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. So Joe Biden is president. It's still, uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. But you know that one of the first things he's done as commander-in-chief is signed an executive order he did so this week reversing the mexico city policy which permitted which permits i should say u.s aid money once again to flow to groups that promote or uh, provide abortion around the world the policy the mexico city policy was put in place by ronald reagan in an effort to ensure that American taxpayers are not required, forced basically, to indirectly fund abortion procedures performed in other countries. It's bad enough we have to fund them in this country. Why do we have to fund other countries' abortions? This is just plum evil, no way around it. And the policy has been undone via executive action by every subsequent democratic administration and then it's reinstated by a Republican one, Donald, or Donald Trump reinstated uh, the Reagan policy, which would, uh, prohibits taxpayer funding for abortions over overseas around the world. Now we have a Democratic president, and he's put into place the policies put into place by other Democratic presidents. I thought Barack Obama was the most pro-abortion president in our nation's history. I think Joe Biden may, may surpass him. But the Trump administration expanded the Mexico policy to include not only family planning funds distributed by our State Department and the U.S. Agency for International Development, but also for all foreign health assistance provided by government agencies. But why is Biden doing this? According to public opinion polls, most Americans don't want our government to fund abortions in other countries. There was a poll out from Marist, Marist College, and the Knights of Columbus, and it found that more than three-quarters of Americans oppose using U.S. aid money to fund abortions overseas. So why did the Democrats do it? Well, we planned Parenthoods for it, for one thing. It's like, this is like the the one issue that most Democrats, if not all Democrats, can coalesce around. Keeping abortion legal. And not only that, but forcing the American taxpayers to fund it here in the states, now funded overseas as well. Planned Parenthood, they call this, uh, the Mexico City policy, uh, a global gag rule. Why should we, why should any American taxpayer dollars go overseas if it doesn't benefit America? No more f- foreign aid to any country unless it benefits America in some way. How does this benefit America? By funding other countries' abortions. This is, you know, it's It's unbelievable. We've been fighting this for decades, those of us on the right, those of us who cherish life, who who believe life begins at conception. And it should be nourished and nurtured, I should say. It's a gift from God. It, it can't be snuffed out. But it's 55, 58 million American babies have been have been murdered in the womb. And now we're funding it, funding the procedure overseas. That's one of the 37... Uh, executive actions taken by Joe Biden. We need consensus, he says. We need consensus. Before he signed those 37 executive actions this week or the last couple of weeks, he was singing a different tune. Does anybody really believe this guy? (laughs) First of all, is he going to finish out his first and only term as president? I I wonder what the the over-under is on on Biden making it even to uh, the summertime here. 24 executive orders, 37 presidential actions in his first week in power. Then he states that democracy needs consensus of the people. And those who govern by executive orders are dictators. Well, he's right about that. But he speaks with forked tongue. He's been doing it for 47 years. He talked about how we're a democracy. No, Mr. President, we are a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. I've, I've never heard a Democrat say we have a constitutional republic, ever. At the state level, at the local level, at the federal level. Well, they talk about our democracy. We Our democracy needs this, our democracy needs that. You know what democracy in its purest form is? It's mob rule. It's two wolves and a sheep deciding what they're going to have for lunch. That's democracy. A constitutional republic is something altogether different. We are governed by a document, the Constitution of the United States. We believe in federalism. It's just some of his early actions here are really uh, disturbing. But, you know, this is 81 million people voted for this guy. I guess uh, we're stuck with him. And I hope nothing happens to him, I pray, because if something were to happen to him, I I pray to God that nothing ever does. But, I mean, look who's ready to take over the reins of, of power if Biden goes down. If he get maybe he catches COVID or something, God forbid that happens. I mean it. Look who we're stuck with: Kamala Harris, the first, <laughs> the first Democrat to bow out of the uh, Democratic primaries. She got no. I don't think she got any delegates. The money ran out. Nobody likes her, and Biden picks her as his running mate. You know what was the beginning of the end for uh, Kamala Harris? Or is it Kamala? It's Kamala, I guess they're calling her now. I'm going to call her Kamala. Okay. The beginning of the end came when Tulsi Gabbard took her to task for her some of her policies that she put into place when she was a federal prosecutor in California. So the uh, Hawaii Democrat congresswoman and now Democratic Party whistleblower Tulsi Gabbard is sounding the alarm against her own party as the party continues to tighten the screws on the American people. Censorship, surveillance, these executive actions that most Americans are not on board with. And I, I did not see the interview she gave uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox, but she, uh, she made it clear. She took an oath of office to defend the Constitution of the United States. And she is speaking up against her own party. She sees her own party as putting the clamps on the American people. I'll give you her quote here. The very first thing that any president does after they've gotten elected, any member of Congress and every one of us who have served in the military, is we take an oath. And she served in the military. She served, I think, at least one tour of duty in Afghanistan. And we swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The the Constitution is the foundation of this country. It limits government, as we've talked about. It guarantees us our civil liberties, the Bill of Rights. We are endowed by our Creator with rights. Government doesn't give us our rights. Government is trying to usurp our rights, our God-given rights. And if God gives us something, government, nothing can take it away. Nothing can take that right away from us. I wish you had seen the interview, but I I like Tulsi Gabbard, but she is a politician and I work around politicians. And I'm not sure if you can trust her totally. I'd like to think you could. But she's on board with most of the Democratic agenda. Medicare for all. I, I know she's not on board with the, uh, the climate change nonsense, a $4 trillion climate change uh, bill, I think, that's uh, being talked about. And now the Democrats can shove that through. They have control of both houses, 50-50 split in the Senate. They can get all this, this craziness. We are about out of time. I want to thank you folks for tuning us in. This is the Patriotic American Citizen, or Pac-Man for short. I'm Ted Flint. Again, if you want to listen to the show, let me direct you to uh, our, our new uh, our new network, the BMG Network. Go to bmgnetwork.com. You can access this uh, this podcast and other podcasts on the network site. And uh, we'll be doing, starting Monday, we'll be writing uh, columns for uh, you to peruse and uh We'll try to enlighten you and inform you and entertain you at the same time. We want to thank you very much. Again, the bmgnetwork.com. Until next time, if the good Lord wills it, we'll talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more information about the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.